verse 50. Matthew 27 and verse 50. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, a veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and there did quake, and rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now when the censured, and they that were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake, and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. And many women were there beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministered unto him, among whom was Mary Madeline, Mary the mother of James, and Jose, and the mother of Zebedee's children. When Eden was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a gray stone to the door of the scepter and departed. And there was Mary Madeline and the other Mary sitting over against the scepter. Now the next day that followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said, While he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the scepter be made sure until the third day lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, You have a watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the scepter sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you will bless each one who has come. Each one is listening to thy word. What a blessing you've already been to me as I've been studying these verses afresh and anew. All these years of preaching and studying thy word, these are some of the precious the words that you could say to us. The older that we get, the more precious they become. Bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. In verse 52 says, and this is a very important verse doctrinally. And the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Notice, if you wouldn't please hear, that the scripture does not say spirits arose. It says bodies arose. These once dead saints walked the streets of Jerusalem. And most likely, they visited relatives and friends and loved ones. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8 through 10, it says that they, they make it very clear, well, when Jesus rose from the dead, he led captivity captive. In other words, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 19, goes along with it, it says that Jesus brought all the righteous spirits 
out of paradise, which at that time was the center of the earth, Jesus also ascended up above all heavens, taking with Him the saints He brought uh, out of paradise. Now think of this for just a minute. Many of these Old Testament saints had been dead for many years, but now they're bodily raised from the dead. I think about it when Jesus was standing, like one old preacher said, he was standing at Lazarus' tomb, and Jesus went to Lazarus' tomb and said, Come forth, Lazarus. He said, It's a good thing, he said, Lazarus or everybody that was dead would have come forth. But he named him. John 11, verse 43 and verse 44 and verse 45, Jesus stood at Lazarus' tomb and commanded Lazarus, Come forth. And one day Jesus will command all the dead in Christ to come back, come forth, and they will come forth bodily. In John 11, verse 25 and 26, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Now think about this. The supernatural event that took place when Jesus died were the heavens, the earth. And watch this, please. I was reading this the other day, and every time I'd ever read it before, I thought about an earthquake when Jesus died. That's not what the Bible said. It said the earthquake, not just one place. But think about it. When Jesus, God in flesh, died on that cross, the, the whole world quaked. Man, what a sight that must have been. In Matthew 27, verse 54, uh, Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. I don't know about you, but I believe if I'd have been there that day and the whole earth started shaking when Jesus died, I would have believed that was somebody different than just a man. Amen? There's only one way to be saved, and that is by faith. God's grace saves us, but faith brings saving grace. And faith can only be ours by Romans 10:17. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. That's why I love this old book so much, the Bible. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3. No man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. You can't just up one day and say, I'm going to get saved, I believe in God. The Holy Spirit has to deal with you. And how does the Holy Spirit deal with you? By the Word of God. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now this centurion heard the seven sayings that Jesus uttered from the cross that day, and through those words he believed. His confession of faith was made before the soldiers and the multitudes who had gathered there. In Matthew 27, verse 57 and verse 58, when the evening was come, there was a came a rich man of Armathia named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. Do you know the odds of that? If I was a betting man, I sure wouldn't have bet on that. Because it's just as simple. Uh, what this verse teaches is whatever Christian ought to know and cherish. God overrules 
all things that would hinder and detail uh, God's will from being fulfilled. It was against Roman custom to even bury a crucified person. Therefore, Jesus being numbered with the transgressors, Isaiah 53 and 12, would not receive the honor of a proper burial. But the sovereignty of God always wins out. When the Pharisees asked that the legs of the victim be broken so that they crucified, <coughs> the crucified one could be taken away before the Sabbath in John chapter 19 verse 31, Deuteronomy 21 and verse 23 comes into effect. They were unknowingly perpetrating the very act which would also uh, allow Jesus to be buried and raised the third day. Not a bone of his body was broken. Otherwise, the Romans could have left Jesus on the cross for several days. That was the normal thing to do by the Romans. When somebody was crucified and they died on the cross, they didn't take them down. They didn't bury them. They left them there for the birds and everything else to devour them. But notice, because when the soldiers came to break Jesus' feet, he was already dead. They did not break his legs. And because Joseph begged for the body of Jesus, Pilate not only granted his request, but he commanded the body to be delivered. Jesus' body had to be buried, not eaten by birds and decaying. Now think about this. God's Word will, and God's will, had to be carried out. Nothing could stop it. Now again, prophecy was fulfilled in the act that Isaiah prophesied, Isaiah 53 and verse 9, that the Messiah would be buried with the rich. And going back now to Matthew 27, verse 57, says Joseph was a rich man, and it was in his grave that Jesus was buried. Then in verse 64, uh, commanded therefore that the scepter be made sure until the third day. Now again, this is prophecy being fulfilled. It was of God's will, and it cannot be changed. Now, they did everything humanly possible to keep Jesus from coming out of that grave for at least three days. But he came out anyhow. And I think God, God overrules when men tries and uh, thank God for the resurrection of the dead. You know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day. They're all upset about what's going on in our country. They're upset with our president. They're upset with the Congress. They're upset with the Senate. They're upset with the governors. They're upset with everything you turn around. I said, you know what? I ain't worried one bit. I don't like it. I don't like the things that's going on. But I said, let me give you some. God overrules when man rules. Man thinks he's in charge. Man thinks he's got everything going his way. No, he hasn't. It's going exactly the way God wants it to go. Because God overrules when man rules. Now the only hope at all for any man is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now you get this plain. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, my daddy is still in the grave then. And I got news for you. My daddy ain't in the grave. My daddy's having some body present with the Lord. 
He's in heaven. Now, men tried to stop it. Now, the real truth taught here is we people try to manipulate God in our doings, but God overrules and gets His will done. God is still God. I was talking to a person one day, and we were talking about prophecy. God prophesying in His Word of things to come. And he said, well, Jesus just came in and he manipulated things to get around to get it done what he wanted done like the Bible prophesied that he would get done. <coughs> I said, can you imagine the odds of that? Everything that was prophesied about the Lord Jesus Christ and a person coming along and can change all the things of the world to fit exactly what prophecy said would come? Impossible. God prophesied about the Lord Jesus Christ coming, about His death on the cross, and it happened exactly the way He said it would happen. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 38 through verse 40, it says the Pharisees sought after a sign to prove Jesus was or wasn't the Son of God. The only sign that Jesus gave them was Jonas of his bodily uh, being in the belly of a whale for three days and three nights and then brought out, which prophesied that Jesus would be in the grave three days and three nights and he would come out. Now, Jesus would be in the grave for three days and three nights and the Pharisees cared uh, very much about that third day. They came to the tomb on the third day to see if Jesus had a rose and he had by the way, that's the only sign you'll get today. Somebody says, you show me a sign. I had a man tell me one time, you show me God and I'll believe in Him. The only sign you're going to get is a resurrection, the empty tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is alive. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is a tomb, is empty. That's the gospel. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4, I've been preaching about the Lord Jesus Christ all these years. I've been trying to get people to accept Him as their Savior, uh, to be born again, to become a child of God. And the only thing I can give you is the gospel. You know what the gospel is? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, By the Word of God is a record that Jesus was buried, he died, he was buried, and he rose again. That's the gospel. You want to be saved today? You believe in the death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's salvation. Now think of this. The earthquake, the earth got as dark as midnight, dead men and women rose from the dead and went in town to talk to people. Now I wonder what their kinfolks thought about that. Yet the only thing the Pharisees wanted to know is he still in there? Is he in the grave? And the Bible says he's not there. He's risen from the grave. You know what I like about being a preacher? I know you might not think this is should be, but I love to preach funerals. I don't like the people die, and I don't like that part of it. I don't like death at all. I, I'm like one old preacher said years ago, I listened to it. He said, I don't care how you try to make death 
pretty. You can buy the best casket in town. In fact, uh, years ago, I would go with people when they would make preparations for their loved one to buy their caskets because I'll tell you something, folks. You go down there and, and your heart's broken and you love somebody and what they meant to you all the years you were here on this life, you'll spend every penny you got in sympathy if you're not careful. Now let me give you something. I've been, I went with one person one time. He bought a cherry casket made out of cherry wood cost $10,000. Can I give you something? That cherry wood is going to rot. That body's going back to the grave, which uh, the dirt which it came from. There ain't nothing but a piece of wood and stuff. And besides that, that person that's in it, if he's born again, he ain't there anyhow. And so I used to go a lot of times with people to the funeral home. They didn't want to see me coming because I said, you know, you don't need to get. The only thing you need is a is a is a cement thing is sealed, just to keep the water out. The other thing you need is just a comfortable uh, box to put them in and uh, uh, then seal that and put them in there because they're not there. That's just in memory. Now, don't do like this one uh, woman told me. She, she came to me and she prayed her husband would die, and he did the very night, next night, and then I had her his funeral, and she brought him out there. The guys had him trying to, and that was the flimsiest casket I'd ever seen in my life. And she come over, did I, did I do too cheap, his preacher? <laughs> I know you don't have to do that, but what I am saying is, I don't care how pretty you try to make it. Death is still not pretty to me. You can bring all the flowers. You can bring all the pretty things around and make it as pretty as you want to try to make it, it's still ugly to me. I don't like death. But I love to preach Christians' funerals. You know why? It's like a buddy of mine I preached just a few days ago at the lake. Uh, I led him to the Lord. He died of cancer. And I went in to see him. I was the first one there. And then his daughter came in. She was a, a dope addict. She's screaming, top of her voice, Daddy, Daddy, my daddy's dead. And I went down and put my arm around her. And I said, Don't worry about it. He's with the Lord. He's in heaven. What about you? And standing there at that casket, I got to lead her to the Lord. Now I want to give you something. The wonderful part about life one of the parts about death is a lie is everybody, if Jesus don't come back soon, has to go that way. You're going to have to die. Amen? But I love the Word. And I listen to the... When I read the Bible, I look at the words. Because every word is put there for a purpose. The Bible says it every jot and tickle. Whatever that is, that's a little quotation, that's a little check marks, that's everything in the Bible is the Word of God. And Mrs. Yeager, my English teacher, told me years ago that when you put the emphasis, the way you do it is by quotations and, and uh, commas and all that thing. You can put the emphasis on something by the marks that's in the, in the sentence and by the words that you use in the sentence. And I was reading... The bodies came out of the grave. 
not to spirits. Now we see these, uh, I don't watch the things, but there's a lot of people uh, watch these dead people, you know these movies, these scary movies now, and yonder comes out of the gray, the ghosts coming floating up out of the gray. I got news for you. I'm not going to be Casper the Friendly Ghost. Amen? This old body, the same one you see me here today, this same old body, the Bible said that one day I'm going to have a glorified body and I'm coming out of that grave. Bodily, I'm coming out. Amen? I'm looking forward to that great day. So death don't scare me. I have people people all the time, you afraid of dying, preacher? Not on your life. Not one bit. The only thing I'm afraid of is how I'm going to die. I don't want to get run over by a truck or die of cancer or something, how to suffer. I don't want, there's a lot of ways that I would prefer not to die. My daddy, if he was dying, I know we'll get 89 years old. He said, son, I'd just like to lay down one night and wake up in heaven. He did. I was there with him the night just before he died and uh, come back next morning, he was in heaven. Just that simple. Just died in his sleep. I'd, that's where I'd like to go. But if I had my choice. And you can't make it pretty. You make you flower it up, you can do everything you can. But the beautiful part is that thank God they're not there. They've risen from the dead in a body. And it's a glorified body. And you ought to get in the book of Revelation and... <coughs> Read of the things that's not going to be in heaven. Death ain't going to be there. Sorrow's not going to be there. Tears are not going to be there. The devil and sin is not going to be there. All the things that we worry about in this world is not going to be there. And I think about it. All the people that I have preached funeral for, band pastors up, I was talking... Uh, the other day to my buddies uh, from Suffer Springs, we're going to have our, uh, I forgot now which one it is, a bunch of them we've been, uh, reunion here at the church. They come every year. And we started off with 55 of them, uh, the guy that we played football and everything, Suffer Springs Junior High School. And he called me the other day, and we're going to have it, I think, uh, February the 21st here. And he said, already got 22 signed up to be here from 55. He said, you can't believe how many has died in the last two years, preacher, and, and sick and can't come and so on. And there's 22 of us still here, and they're still coming. And I mean from all over the country. I look forward to seeing them. But I was telling him, you know what? Isn't it something? i got to lead several of them to the Lord. I've talked to just about every one of them. They, know, they knew they were saved before they died. I look forward to the reunion there, being with them. That's the joy. That's the joy of every one of us. (laughs) That's the reason that I've been preaching, I've been begging, I've been telling people, get your loved ones saved. Whatever you do, don't let them die without Christ, because you've got to remember something. We're going to be with them. But the ones that's not saved, you'll never see them again. Except the judgment seat of Christ. Absent body, present with the Lord. 
But you got to remember something also. If you don't have Christ, they're in hell. And you say, I don't believe in hell. Don't matter if you believe in it or not. I don't like to talk about it. Don't believe. It don't matter if you like to talk about it or not. There is one. And you people without Christ have to go there. The joy, bodily, they're going to rise again. I've, I've often thought about it. How would you like to... I love my daddy. I love my grandpa. I think about that big old German grandpa of mine, man, that big old handlebar mustache and biggest arms and hands, strong as an ox. And I've thought about it many a time. If he'd have come knocking on my door after I buried him up in Alabama, I think I'd run. Amen? But you think about it. It's just that real. Have somebody pray with the Lord. That's what I'm looking for. And I want everybody that I can talk to, preach to, witness to, I want you to go with me. That's what it's about. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, the songs that we sing, the fellowship together, Your Word, the witness of the Holy Spirit, everything that we say and do, we try to be people ready for that great coronation day where the body will rise again. Bless us today, we pray. And if there's anybody here today or listening that's never made a personal decision for Christ as their Savior, let them understand, I love the words planted because a Christian is planted. He's never buried. He's only planted. And He is coming up again. Bless us, Your people, today now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What page is that? I forgot. Page 377, I believe. Turn there with me and let's sing. Page 377. Sing this song. I can hear my Savior calling I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. Take thy cross and follow, follow me. Where He leads me, I will follow. Where He leads me, I will follow. halfway. The Bible says all the way. Father, go with us on our way home. Watch over and keep us. Bless everyone that's come. See us back safely. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take hand with somebody, please.